Welcome to Self-Help for Robots. I'm your host, CJ Pitchford. And this is the sweet 16th episode. Hey, the question is asked, what is artificial intelligence? And in the studio audience today, there are a couple of robots, um, but unfortunately they're silenced. Alexa and Siri are not going to respond, and uh, neither is a particular animal who is also here in the studio to keep me company. Um, But uh, like I said, the question is, what is artificial intelligence? And there's even a bill, a definition going through Congress right now about what it is and what it isn't. And of course, Um, It's very narrowly focused. I wouldn't say that uh, um, Alexa or Siri are themselves artificial intelligences. Some people have said like Watson or Go, um, the AlphaGo um, robots that uh, can do um, some things are actually artificially intelligent. But of course, no, uh, the dog in the studio is more intelligent than any of those. But those are very useful. You know, robots can be more useful than this dog um, and maybe not as relaxing as the tea that I'm drinking while recording recording this podcast. But at the same time, when we talk about intelligence, um, we're trying to reduce that to something that can be programmed. And right now, what you can program, well, is a zero or a one. And well, that's very convenient because a zero or one can be a representative of false or true, um, corresponding respectively to those numbers, as started by George Boole, um, as far as being able to evaluate truth statements using uh, math and the logic of math. And so, well, hey, that's uh, going to be a great road to find some logic. And of course, zero or one, um, that works very well with logic gates and electronics as well as storage. Uh, You know, a bit can be either zero or one, but when we look at the space between those numbers, the space between zero and one, you know, when we're talking about probabilities, I've been working with um, extensions and like the Levenstein formula um, for years and years. And it's, uh, you know, great to have prepackaged access to algorithms that you could just uh, call as a function. And really, that's what I'm playing with right now, because I've downloaded the latest um, open source um, from Apple computer, uh, or just Apple these days, as they are more about phones and iPads than about computers, it seems. And that right now I have downloaded and I'm working with Turi, which is, I guess, short for Turing, which is, of course, one of the um, modeling packages in Python that you can make models for core ML in your macOS or iOS applications, or even your Linux applications, because yes, you can use Swift to compile, of course, because it's the same compiler GCC that's behind the iOS and macOS executables. So yeah, so coming now to a lot of different computers, and probably even Windows somewhere, that you can have free and open source a way of very simply generating models using um, either, you know, built-in algorithms or your choice of your own um, in order to generate the kind of information that's needed to do what's called machine learning. And basically, it's just probability. It's um, the space between zero and one. And uh, the best way of getting to the right answer may not be just a straight path, may not just be a linear succession of algorithms, but that's where neural networks come into play is where that uh, you can work with many different paths. You can work with many different probabilities that influence each other. And so as you get better and better at defining what your goal is, then you'll be able to use more advanced 
statistical methods to get there. And um, what a joy it is, as I said, that I've been working with some algorithms for years that are easy to with and easy to work with, and now there's that um, coming to iOS and to macOS. And so, yeah, so it's great to play with and to start the classifications again, um, looking at what it can do and all of that, what we've been talking about, um, you know, machine learning as the basis for artificial intelligence, it really lacks, well, anything that we would call intelligent. And well, and so that's where I've been working as a, you know, theoretical approach um, might shed some light on what is missing right now in artificial intelligence. And well, right now we have great logic and we have great statistical tools to be able to find the right probability between true and false, which as you know, not everything is reducible to something that's so binary. And in fact, that the experience that I have with um, the robots is that yes, that they are you know pretty much zero or one, and that uh, even though we've come into like a better understanding of how to use probability, um, we don't really have as much usefulness beyond um, those one-shot things that they can do well. Like Siri um, is a great interface to your phone if you wanted to send a message to you know ask it to make a call or do something like that. So um, it's just really a good way of um, using your voice to manipulate a device or a robot. And same thing with Alexa. And of course, that what I've read within the past week is something that's also chilling when I ask about what is artificial intelligence, is that some people are saying that like the Alexa voice assistant is always listening, always recording, um, which part of that may be true. Um, but I even read that it's always sending information back to Amazon or whatever source um, that it would be using. And that's not my experience. Um, as that would be pretty um, processor intensive. The work that I've done with machine learning was actually based on open source materials from the University of Michigan that was designed really to see, you know, what the requirements are for power at data scale size, um, you know, like server farms and um, other, you know, ways of using the vocal or verbal search instead of just basically typed, you know, web search. And so the ability to actually create something that's smart um, is not quite there yet as one of the kind of foundations of intelligence would be as like well what my dog does is that or actually it's not even my dog but my, this dog can um, imprint with me and interact with me and in the studio um, you know completely independent of its home and um, the dog's family and so yes as I dog sit um, and uh, enjoy the company of a fellow intelligence uh, who's able to respond to um, events and also to um, really have a, you know basic curiosity and so that's something that this animal does um, all the time um, when it's not sleeping or eating. <laughs> you know, it's got to take care of business, but when all that's done, then it's just really interested and it also loves. Uh, it's clear that this dog loves um, its family. And yes, when it comes with me, it shows me affection, it responds to affection. And then, you know, most of all, that this intelligence wants to play. 
And that's, I think, the true of all the intelligences, is that there's a great deal of exploration, not just curiosity, but maybe satisfaction or a level of interaction that's not purely zero or one, obviously, or even just to be confined within probabilities between zero and one. And so one of the things that I've been working on is a orthographic model of emotions. So that really expands zero or one to multiple dimensions. Of course, working um, with, you know, electronics, zero, one, well, that's easy and that's fast. Um, And so coming up with a model that would be, you know, able to work with uh, various values through multiple independent axes, it's going to take a lot of uh, horsepower to make that work. Um, But in the meantime, uh, there is still more development to be done because, well, um, maybe that uh, instead of the horsepower that would be required to replicate true intelligence, maybe just a little bit of emotional intelligence could make, um, you know, some devices actually be much more um, interactive as, like I said, that uh, the idea of curiosity and play um, would be able to satisfy uh, different, you know, like requirements other than just zero or one. And at this point in time, um, it seems like that there's a possibility to generate some really emotionally intelligent, um, uh, you know, like um, artificial entities, but that uh, they might start out simple first. And that uh, the, you know, whether it's a Roomba um, or if it's, well, maybe just like I also saw today, a artificial companion, a um, Hasbro robot dog, which again may be programmed, but won't have the uh, curiosity and the um, satisfaction from play that could be possible when you expand beyond zero and one. And so again, uh, thank you for listening. And I am so glad that you have uh, listened here to the end. And I just like to say, uh, keep helping yourself. <laughs>